Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Vegas Therapist. I am your host, Ryan Winder. And remember, what's happening in Vegas is not staying in Vegas, as I bring you helpful tips and all sorts of topic areas, with a Vegas twist of course. So let's get the show started. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's good to have you back in for another episode of The Vegas Therapist. I'm your host, Ryan Winder. Uh, I have an amazing show for you today with a wonderful guest, Aliette Shipley, who is here to talk about her journey uh, through anxiety and how she's turned that into her superpower and helping others with their anxiety and other things uh, through her coaching, her podcast, and and also as her journey as a therapist. So I'm um, looking forward to having her on in just a few minutes. For those of you who have been listening to the show for a long time, remember, you can always join the Vegas Therapist Ryan Winder Facebook group. Um, also, you can email me any questions at thevegastherapist at gmail.com or go to my website, thevegastherapist.com. Um, so just uh, any of those ways that you want to get in touch with me or have any other questions or have suggestions for the show, just do that. Um, if I sound a little bit tired right now, I just got back from my morning run to record this opening. And uh, let me tell you, if the coronavirus, if the coronavirus does indeed get killed by heat, uh, it is dead right now. So it is hot out in Vegas. We went pretty much from a crappy spring to summer in a matter of days. And uh, so it's nice and warm out there. I got off a little bit late this morning for the run, um, but glad to be in to record this opening to get this podcast out so you can hear this amazing guest. And we're going to get to it right now. All right. Well, at this time, I'd like to welcome in my guest, Aliette Shipley. Um, she's the host of her own po- podcast, Get Out of Bed and Out of Your Head. Uh, she's an entrepreneur and pro- uh, she's providing people with a path through anxiety by sharing with her own experiences. So welcome, Aliette. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. Um, so I, th- I thought maybe I'd just start by just kind of giving us a sense of like some of the things that you're doing right now, I guess, career wise and just in general, like how you're helping people. Yeah, so I am currently, well, within the next three weeks, graduating with my master's degree in social work. Nice. Um, Yeah, so there's that. But really, I'm an entrepreneur now. So I use my own story of anxiety and depression and all the things I've gone through to help others. Um, I created a workbook. So it's pretty much almost a full book, I would say, on all the tools of anxiety and depression. And I got that out to the world. Um, I'm also coaching right now. Um, anxiety mindset and clarity um, and I am the host of my podcast so just growing my message as big as I can with my own stories and other people's stories in or- order to normalize everything that's going on um, inside of us because I think people are really ashamed of what they've been through and their story of anxiety of depression of trauma um, so making it known to the world that this isn't something to be ashamed of um, something that you can use as your superpower inside of you. So that's where I am right now in my entrepreneurship career and graduating and all of that. Cool. And you're how old? I'm 23. I'll be 24 in two months. <laughs> oh, nice. So all of that in just a short period of time. So that's amazing. So lots of, lots Thank of, you. um, so one of the things is, and, and obviously what I want to do for yourself and for the people listening is I'll give you some time at the end just to kind of let people know like how they can kind of get in touch with you and some of those like the toolbox that you talked about. So, so we'll get to that at the end. 
because um, there's a lot of great resources that you mentioned in there as far as what people can you know draw from you um, but first off I just want to kind of have you take us then through sort of your own story because I know that that's a big part of like why you're on this path and helping people so can you kind of give us a, a sense of like how you got to this place yeah so my story technically started about a little bit over a decade ago when I was 13 years old and I started experiencing anxiety um, for the first time that I can remember. And so throughout the years of middle school, high school, college, I had mass amounts of anxiety as well as intermittent depressive episodes. So I would go two weeks at a time without with oversleeping, not eating, all of like the true symptoms of a depressive episode. Um, however, I had always known my whole life that I wanted to be a therapist. Um, my mom is a therapist, my aunt's a therapist, everyone in my family is a therapist. So my journey from the start has been, okay, you're gonna be on your educational path. You will go to undergrad for psychology. You will go get your master's degree in counseling or social work, psychology, whatever. And then you'll, you'll work for an agency and do the thing. However, what I didn't realize is that my pain would become my purpose. And everything that happened really started almost a year ago, a year ago from this coming August. Um, so I went to an event by ClickFunnels called Unlock the Secrets. And I went because my dad is involved with it. Um, he's big in the marketing world, he's an entrepreneur. And I go to this conference, it's like a favor to him um, because I had no interest in being a marketer, being an entrepreneur. I didn't even really know what entrepreneurship was. Um, so we go to Denver and I start getting introduced to people and they would ask me like, what business are you in? Because you're at a business conference. And I would say to them every time, like, I'm not in business. I'm in school to be a, a therapist, point blank. Like, that's all I would say. Right. And I got introduced to someone. He asked me the same question. I gave the same answer. And then I asked him what he did. He explained and then he said, but I'm really here with my daughter and uh, we'd love to do something to help kids with anxiety and depression. And for me, anxiety and depression was something I had not shared with anyone outside of my immediate close friends and family, like only even immediate family members. And for some reason, I, I looked at him and it, and his daughter and I said, that's amazing. Um, I've struggled with anxiety and depression for the last 10 years of my life. So that is something that could really help people. And he looked down at his daughter um, and he said, see, you're not alone. And that was like the first time I think I realized that like my message that I hadn't self-disclosed with anyone else um, through all of my volunteer work of clients and all of this stuff and my schooling and my clinical experience in my first year of my master's program, I never disclosed this. I didn't realize that like it could help people. Um, so this is the first time it, like I felt the calling to, to do this. And then I stepped into the conference and I realized that my, my work could become, like my, my pain could become my purpose from there. Um, everything I had been through could help others. So not only could I use my clinical experience, um, I could use everything I had been through to help others on a larger scale than I had ever imagined. So helping one-to-many instead of just one-on-one. -on -one. And it doesn't mean I don't, like I have a therapist, so I believe in full one-on-one -on -one and I am um, a coach for people. So I do that too, but just helping people on a larger scale became something that I never thought was possible. And so that's how I really 
got to the place I am now is through all of what had happened to me from the time I was 13 until now. And so that was about a year ago. So that's awesome. It's awesome. I think one thing too, like, as I've kind of ventured more into that entrepreneurial world too, is like, it, it, it sometimes feels like a push pull dynamic because I think, you know, as they're like kind of people with that therapeutic mindset, it's like, Oh, we're here to help people. We're here to whatever, you know, give it your time. But the reality is, is that we have something to offer people. And if we can do it at a larger scale and yes, be compensated for it, like there's nothing wrong with that. Right. There's nothing wrong with that ability to like, in fact, if anything, it's much, it's a greater blessing to people that you can get your message out to so many different people through different mediums, like podcasts and different stuff that, that you have, your reach is far greater. And yes, there is a monetary value to that, but that's okay. And so like kind of getting rid of that, you know, that feeling of like, oh, is this whatever? And it's like, no, it's, it's, it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. It felt really weird for me at first because so this year for your master's program, you have to work um, mm-hmm. three days a week in a clinical setting. And I worked on the front lines of New York social work oh. um, for an agency that helped individuals who all had medical needs or special needs, and then um, had a case with child protective services. So that was like true agency, front lines, New York social work. And then I, on the side, was like doing entrepreneurship. And for a while, it felt like a balance. Like, how do I do one thing and the other? Like, it felt almost weird to me until I think I like found this balance of it is helping people. Like your message is helping people no matter what place you do it. And if you can make it larger, it just means your impact is larger. It doesn't mean you can't help people that don't, that need your help. Um, but it just means there's more of a reach that you can give. And I think that was like the realization I had to come to in the balance in my mind so that it didn't feel super weird. It was, it was okay and it was good because if I'm also monetarily compensated, then I can help more people as well. Like, so yeah. I'm not struggling as much too. So I can help even more people in the long term. Right, right. So funny question or a quick question. So you mentioned your mom was a therapist, right? So as yeah. a therapist myself and having kids like are my kids going to be okay like are they going to be anything like that <laughs> no I honestly <laughs> think it's made me a better person um you should see my like family reunions because there's multiple aunts who are therapists and my mom and we there is a lot of deep questions that get asked and um people who I've met they're like wow you ask like really intense questions like when you first meet people um but I think it's made me a, a deeper person where I'm able to recognize it in myself and other people as much as it um, can be a curse, it's more of a blessing right. that you get to that faster. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. So <laughs> it, your, your kids will be perfectly fine and good. Well, I hope that one thing that they've learned that they, whatever it is that they're going through, they can talk about it. They can be open about it. It doesn't have to be something they hide. In fact, one of the things I heard you talk about on a previous podcast too, was just kind of in, in the, in, in, as you kind of went through that struggle of, you know, your anxiety and depression early on, it kind of leaves you with this scar of feeling broken, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Or at least that's the thing that maybe shame and stuff like that kind of um, want you to feel or, you know, that it's something that you're not sure that people will see as something, you know, that they can accept or whatever. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like what that was like for you and kind of how you have kind of worked through that or have, you know, yeah. that? So it's been a, like a long journey for me of this. And, um, I don't think I was really aware of it Mm -hmm. um, until about a little bit over a year ago. I got out of a relationship with someone, a pretty brief one, but it was, it was three months and we knew each other very well. 
so I thought. And at the end of our relationship, um, we were breaking up. He was pretty much breaking up with me. And he said, I feel like you don't even have emotion. And I looked at him and I said, you don't think I have emotion? Like, this is my life's journey. This is before entrepreneurship, but like still emotion and depression and anxiety and all of this. These are emotions. Um, I'm and talking about it every day, like, right? Literally. <laughs> um, so clearly I wasn't showing myself to him um, because of the fear around it that someone would view me as broken. Like I, that's my biggest fear is I didn't want to be viewed as a broken person. I thought who's, when I started, okay, so this is the real story. Okay. <laughs> when, <laughs> right before I launched my, my podcast, my first episode, you know, I thought like I could get away with just making a podcast and then not posting anything about it on any of my social media pages because that's where my friends live. That's where my family live. Like everyone could see it. And this was something really um, like deep inside of me. I didn't want to share it with the entire world, but like I would share it with strangers, but not my close friends and family. So the night before my podcast launched, my podcast coach said to me, like, I, it's time to go Facebook live. Like you've got to go do it. You got to promote your podcast. And I sat, like, I stood in the corner. Um, I was coming back from class and in New York City, and I'm just, like, talking to him on the phone, and I'm almost in tears. Like, I can't go Facebook Live. Like, I was telling him, Parker, I cannot go Facebook Live. Like, it's just not, I can't do it. And because what was going through my mind is, like, if people know, who's going to want to date a broken person? Who's going to want to get married to a broken person? Who's going to want to be friends? Who's going to want to hire a broken person? All of these things. And then he said to me, what if this changes a hundred people's lives? And I realized like the whole point of starting this was to show people that like, it isn't about being broken. This is a part of me. It doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me a broken person. It makes me stronger. It makes depression, makes me more empathetic. Anxiety allows me to think faster. And that was the point of starting it. And if this could change one person's life, yet alone a hundred, my mission is, is accomplished and I couldn't I had to do it. I had to put myself out there. And then my mind started shifting from, I am not a broken person. Like this makes me who I am. But it was really scary for a really long time that people would view me in this way. Mm -hmm. um, but I have realized through publishing um, with so many people reaching out to me, so like multiple times a day, like, thank you for creating this podcast. Thank you for putting yourself out there. Thank you for doing these Facebook lives. When I didn't have the courage to share my story, you sharing yours gave me the courage to share mine. Yeah. So that's when I realized. And when I started opening up to other people, they viewed me as stronger. It was crazy. It was just like, I thought one thing that like sharing would make people view me a certain way. And instead it was completely the opposite. Right. Yeah. It's definitely a nice feeling to have that. I think that that, that sent, and I mean, if we can all be, honest with one another. I mean, I, I think in different ways that feeling of brokenness kind of hits us all. It's just that we kind of internalize as like, I'm the only one feeling that, or I'm the only one that's kind of carrying that around. Um, and so, I mean, I know I've struggled with different aspects of that in my own life and just kind of feeling like whether it's my background or kind of how, where I came from or family or whatever it might be, you know, it's kind of giving me this sense of like, well, you're broken or you're not, you know, you're not this or you're not that. And so you can't be you, you know, which kind of nullifies you as being something potentially good or something that 
you know, especially in the therapy world that people would want to listen to. But it's like, like you said, that that feeling of brokenness or even just your own experience is really what can connect you to people because you have that sense of empathy or you have that sense of understanding for what it feels like to go through something difficult. And that's the thing that you can give to other people to help them be in that space where they can feel comfortable and they can feel like, okay, I can be vulnerable because, you know, you can understand me or whatever it might be. So it really is a, a more of a, a good thing than it is a bad thing, but that's kind of what shame or those, that that's the, that's the message that shame tries to tell us, right? Right. It's all the stories we tell ourselves. It's our limiting beliefs. Um, and that doesn't come from nowhere. Like it comes from maybe someone reacting in a way that you didn't feel was the best in your past, but that doesn't mean everyone's going to react that way. There's always going to be people that don't respond to you. And I think that's also a lesson we have to learn is some people you just don't connect with, but there are so many more that you do and that you can help if you, if you do share and you are vulnerable and like vulnerability creates vulnerability. So me being vulnerable opens the door for the other person to also be, to release that outside of them. Because when we release all of what's inside of us, it's so, it, you're not alone anymore. You're not scared. You're not ashamed because you know, like you are not because someone else is going to share back. There's always going to be someone who's receiving this, yeah. um, whether you know it or not. Yeah. I know you mentioned something about like, even like your, uh, Parker, your podcast, he's your podcast coach, right? Is that Parker? Yeah. yeah. Um, and well, just how he said about, you know, just think about even if you, you know, you know, even if this message just reaches a hundred people or five people or whatever, that's still five more than, would have gotten and I sometimes have to remember, remind myself when I'm looking at my numbers or listens it's just like that's still like whether it's 100 or 500 or whatever that's 100 or 500 more people that wouldn't have heard it had you not been doing this you know and think about the people that they're impacting too right. like it right. is it multiplies it does <laughs> like it, it exponentially grows more than we could have ever imagined um so yeah that one person can turn can they can impact then four people and those four people can impact 16 people and like it yeah. just grows more than you ever know i told him from the start don't show me my numbers i said mm. never tell me my numbers <laughs> um i said until i think i hit like a lot um, right. <laughs> but one day he shared them with me and i go why did you tell me that <laughs> i don't want to know yeah. i want to do my best and put my message out there um so that there's no like I don't want those super high expectations as much as we set them internally. Right. Um, and I think that can be like an anxiety thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, I just want to impact one person. So you let me know if there's one listener. So if there's one listener, then I've done my job. Right. Yeah. So something that I saw on your Facebook page that I really liked the, the quote, and it's kind of going along with maybe even just, you know, being willing to share, but there was a quote on there. It said, stop being positive and start being honest. What, what's your takeaway from that? Or how do you want people to interpret that? Yeah. Um, listen, I am a huge believer in being able to shift things from the negative to the positive. Like a huge part of like my own therapy therapy that I help people with is mind shifts. Um, but in going through situations, we need to understand where we are now. It's not always about looking at this with rose colored glasses if we're able to be honest with each other and honest with ourselves, then we can move forward. Like there's a line that um, Rachel Hollis says, and she says, you're never going to get to the next place. If you have an anchor weighing you down, no matter how good of a swimmer you are. 
And so we always need to look at where we are in the current moment so that we can move towards the future. And it doesn't mean the future isn't positive, but it's about recognizing our past and our present so that we can move towards the future. And it's not always about being super positive. It's about being where we are in the current moment. Yeah. I think one thing that I've been sharing with people recently too, just with everything that's going on is the fact that I think when they feel like they always have to be good or kind of have that positive state, then when, you, when they do have a feeling that counters that, when they have something that might be negative or definitely doesn't meet the positive perspective, then it's almost like they don't know what to do with that or they don't know, they don't feel worthy of even being able to express that because it goes against this nature of being positive. But if we can just like flip that around and like what you're saying is just be honest, then sometimes that honesty is going to be more positive and sometimes that honesty might be more I wouldn't even necessarily say it's negative. It's just more real, right? Like, Hey, I'm yeah. not really good today. I'm, you know, I'm having a hard time with everything that's going on or I'm feeling really frustrated. I'm feeling really upset. Okay. That's okay. That's great. That's, that's kind of where probably you should be not necessarily that you can't have good days or bad days, but I think that's sometimes like being positive robs us of the other side where it's okay to share that other side. And then also too, is that it, it maybe puts us in this position where people don't think about it, is that when I am having feelings that aren't positive, it's like almost like they don't feel like they, they can express that or they have the right to because they're, they're seen as this positive person. Right, and they're supposed to be because that's what they're telling themselves. And I mean, a huge part of, I'm sure the work you do, um, as well as the work I do is like being able to feel your feelings. Mm -hmm. um, like, I mean, a huge part of it is naming your feelings, but then feeling the, the true feelings you're going through, sitting with uncomfortable emotions is really hard. Um, it's my biggest struggle is sitting mm -hmm. with negative emotions, especially in front of other people. Um, it's another side of vulnerability that like I struggle with as vulnerable as I am. And as much as I share sitting with the negative feelings and feeling them um, is hard. So being honest with that in order to just be where you are and feel it is, is really hard, but it's what move, allows us to move forward the next day where we might feel a little bit better but we can then be honest about it so it doesn't feel like we have to be something that we're not in the moment like we can be what we are yeah i think that's super important yeah very yeah, yeah i think that's great which is interesting because you know as far as like when you talk about like having a difficult time sitting with negative feelings um for you especially in front of other people is difficult mm -hmm. there was another thing i saw like that you talked about on your facebook page was that i think it was just it was pretty recent that you just cried for the first time in therapy which i thought was like i was like really like that's yeah. <laughs> isn't that crazy <laughs> like because i've had people cry like you know it's like i don't even say anything all of a sudden they're crying you know and it's like <laughs> you know so when i heard that so i don't know if you could talk a little yeah. bit better <laughs> yeah um i'm I sorry had... I'm laughing at you that you're crying no it's so true like <laughs> i mean i went downstairs because i'm i'm in quarantine right now obviously um i'm socially isolating with my family um i moved back to new jersey from new york city for the time being but um i went downstairs after because we're doing this therapy session over facetime and i I told them I cried for the first time in therapy and they started clapping. So I mean, like it was an accomplishment on some sort because what happened was we were talking, I had a really bad, um, just anxiety week. Like I was just feeling overwhelmed with all of the unknown of what's going on. And especially with like a career and entrepreneurship and everything like that. And, um, I was sitting in my bed having this phone session with this FaceTime session with her. Um, 
and she could see that tears were starting to like water my eyes and she was like I yell it what you often do is you share your emotion and you name your emotion and you know that you do but you don't let them out in front of me or in front of other people which is very very true um and she said what if you just let yourself feel it right now and I'm a, I said I'm afraid that if I open the floodgates they won't close she said have they closed before I said yes so, and I said, okay. And then like, I just started crying. Cause like, I, I could not help it. Um, and this was my first time sitting in front of her and, and feeling this emotion. And there's very few people in my life that have seen me cry. Like very, very few. I mean, my immediate family has definitely seen me cry. Um, but very few other people. And it's because like in the past, all of my negative experiences, um, had built up to a point where I couldn't stop it. Like once I started, I couldn't stop feeling them and it would spiral into a like full depressive episode. And it's because I would hide a lot of what's going on until it was too much to handle. Um, what I've come to realize over the years is that if I share the negative emotions that are coming as, as going as they come and let it out small, little by little, it doesn't create this huge, like, swarm of negative emotions that I can't control and I can't stop it's the moment in time and it's a feeling and if I can sit with it and be with it and like actually feel it then it's not a pressure valve that's going to explode it's just something you move through Mm -hmm. um so it's a lesson I'm still learning it's a lesson I have trouble with but I work on it and I think I've been working on it for a really long time um in in actually showing that vulnerability side of me and, and allowing myself to be but it happened. So that was a good thing. Yeah, that's very good. Um, Yeah, I think the the couple things you said is just like you mentioned the idea of like sharing and naming like Nate, like you were good at like kind of sharing what the emotion was and naming it. But then just the allowance of then going to the next step but then feeling it is sometimes what we miss or we don't you know, we don't allow that part of the experience. Like I said, I think that has a lot to do with the vulnerability. It can even also do too, like, you know, I know you were saying just about the buildup and the fear of, well, if I let it out, then it's just not going to stop. I know people like in my practice, I've, they, they've kind of said similar things and, and obviously trying to help them recognize that that's not going to be the case, but that's what you build up in your mind that it just feels like it's yeah. so much that it's just going to kind of overtake you. Um, so those are all good points. I think for people to understand is that, you know, just being able to not, not let it build so much to where it's, it feels overwhelming, but like just to kind of let that valve out, you know, a little bit of time. And, and I think other things go into it, you know, even maybe the idea of like feeling broken at times, like it's almost like getting that emotion can sometimes feel like, um, you know, it maybe reinforces that, well, here I am just, you know, bawling or whatever, and I'm so broken, but that's not really what it's about. I mean, but we have to kind of just change that mindset though. It's our mind- and the truth is like, we often don't view other people that do that as, as broken. No. Like I find the most attractive quality in a relationship is if the other person shares how they're feeling, like that is the most attractive thing to me. So why is it myself? I feel so negative about that. And that's something I've obviously since that last relation that one relationship ended Mm -hmm. something I like make a huge effort to do is to truly show myself and who I am rather than hide it away because it's not that's not I've like realized my relationships are so much deeper and truer if I'm showing up as myself um and as my past experiences and, and explaining them than if I just 
hide it away and pretend I'm this, this really, this person that doesn't feel emotion because that's not strong. Like that's right. not how I, what I view as strong. Strong is being able to feel emotions and, and explain it to other people and talk to other people and lean on other people and to come through it. Um, and that is like bravery and attractiveness to me. So it's something I had to realize upon myself that I, I viewed as others one way, but not myself. Yeah. Um, I think that's something we all, a lot of us struggle with. Yeah, for sure. I think the, the one of the things I want to say too, is just about the idea of like sitting with that discomfort. I think we're so terrible at that just in general, because like, even with what's going on right now, you know, you find, and maybe it's a little bit of a different dynamic, but it's like people, you know, sitting with the discomfort of being quarantined or whatever. And I think we want to fill that void with so many different things, but it's like, mm-hmm. there's something within that discomfort that can be valuable too, like just appreciating what's in front of us, like more time with family or more time with whatever, and just kind of letting that be what it is rather than feeling like, oh, I got to go do something. To, I mean, obviously we got to do things, but you know what I mean? It's like yeah. not being so quick to fill that void with some type of activity or some type of work. Dope, yeah, work yeah. or be just being able to be in that moment and be okay with that discomfort that's such a big thing for people to learn I know like in my own life I have four brothers we've all kind of been through some different traumatic things and stuff but the one thing I know that we all have a struggle with is that when those just when that uncomfortable when those uncomfortable feelings come up it's like who's going to make the first joke who's going to make the first whatever as opposed to just like you said sitting with that discomfort and being okay with it and letting it letting it almost teach you something or letting it sort of just be what it is. So again, I can be okay with it and know that it's not necessarily a bad thing. And it's not going to last for the negative emotion won't last forever, but if we keep pushing it away and not feeling it, it's going to build up a lot. And what's going to happen if I don't feel it, it's going to bubble up to something that I might not be able to control. It's like a matter of stakes. It might be worse if I don't feel it, Um, which is a lesson we all have learned in this time. We don't want to feel like there's so much negativity going on outside. We don't want to feel it obviously internally, but we can't help it. And what, even if we push it away, like even if it's not our subconscious mind, our body is still manifesting um, in a physical way. Like I pushed it down for so long and I noticed that my jaw was so tight. Like I was like, I must've been grinding my teeth all night and I wasn't sleeping well. Um, it's because my body was manifesting the emotions I didn't want to experience. And it didn't lessen, my jaw didn't stop tightening and my headaches didn't stop until I allowed myself to feel it because it was building up in my body, even if I didn't want it to be in the forefront of my mind or in physically like emulating it. Yeah, yeah. So so speaking of just like, I mean, I know we've been talking a lot about emotions and stuff and, you know, and kind of dancing around this idea of what we're going through, but like, obviously we're going through some difficult things with the pandemic and you're in a sense, I guess, kind of in the epicenter of it. So that's, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy over here. Um, so for people that struggle with anxiety, um, what would be some of the things that you would share with them as far as things they can do? Or, or what have you done personally, or a little bit of both to kind of manage yeah. the anxiety at this in, in a situation like this? Yeah, so I view it in like two, like, like a larger overview of anxiety, and then the immediate sure. core um, issues when it comes up like panic attacks, um, racing thoughts. Mm-hmm. In terms of the larger view of anxiety right now, obviously it's for a reason. Like anxiety lies in futuristic thinking and what if thinking and all of that. Um, and there's obviously so much unknown right now. Like we don't know what our new normal is. We don't know what's coming up. 
And so um, a lot of what I've done is figured out like one, I have to name my emotion so that it bring, I bring it to my conscious mind. And I, same things I was talking about before, like feeling it and sharing it. So it's not all on me and I don't feel alone in this. And I, I recognize sometimes like I need to talk to my friends and I need to be on like a Zoom call with my friends, even if I'm not in the mood, like I need that in order to share and to be and to laugh as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and being honest with where I am and what I'm feeling and telling my family about it um, is a huge part of that. But a lot of um, what's been helping me is being really strategic about what I let into my mind. I mean, we can only process a certain amount of information. And I know that our brain looks out for information that we're looking for. Um, so like if I start my day with um, gratitude, I am looking for more of that. And I feel the positive energy back. Like it's just, it's how it is. Um, so I'm, I start my day off with three things of gratitude, two things I can do to make the day feel accomplished. Um, and I can feel good about that. So I have wins that are building up because in a world where there's a lot of losses right now, we need wins for ourselves. And so, you know what, one day it could be, I'm going to take the day. I'm going to feel really good about myself if I just take a self-care day, like on a Saturday or a Friday. Um, And sometimes that's what I need. And if I did that, I feel good about myself. I laid my small wins out for me in order to do that, as well as the gratitude. Um, A lot of mindset shifts, for sure. And changing the, the physical chemistry of my body, because I mean, I noticed the other night I was going through a panic attack. And what we want to do is we want to change the chemistry of our bodies and like going out and take going on a run at that point at like 10 at night wasn't really an option for me, but I can take a really ice cold shower. I can put a cold washcloth on my face, anything to slow my mind, change my body chemistry. Um, I started going, starting naming things like going through the steps of how I made my dinner the night before, just like the things to ground myself in the present moment is like the overall of where anxiety lessons if we can be where we truly are and anything you can do to ground yourself in this present moment is like the key so would you say part of that's like focusing on what you can control versus what you can't like in doing that like that kind of an exercise like like, yeah i can't control what's going on in the outside world but i can control my actions and reactions Mm -hmm. i can control what i do in my daily life i can't control what my friends are doing outside or people i know any of that stuff i can only control myself and how I feel and how I act and my thought, my thought patterns. Yeah. So I think that's a lot of things because a lot of times what I've noticed with anxiety, I mean, it gets perpetuated by the what ifs and the what ifs just is a bunch of uncontrollable stuff that we, you know, blow out of our minds. So if we can kind of step back and focus on what we can control and the things that we can do to be in a better place or, or, you know, um, take steps towards something that, that helps us to feel better. Um, then that's a, that's a great thing. So those are, yeah, those are all, so the, so the body, the, the changing the body chemistry and stuff like that, that's more like you feel like for the, like when you're kind of perpetuating that panic. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And just in general, then those other things were more about how you can kind of just avoid the anxiety in general, not avoid it, but like deal with it in a more, proactive way like i'm starting off my day with you know positive things and i'm kind of focusing on that then it just sort of helps to put things in a better mindset right from the get-go right yeah unfollowing people that aren't serving you like i mean i know for a fact 
watching the the White House briefing every day like is just an anxiety provoker for me <laughs> and I won't watch it like I, I don't want to watch that on the TV right now um I only watch one bit of news a day like literally when I watch the New York governor speak and that's it um otherwise I don't allow news on my phone I don't want to see all that what if that's going on I mean we're getting mixed messages every day as well as like unfollowing people that aren't serving you that aren't making me feel good I don't need to look at um so it's only letting like it's setting yourself up for success is what it is. doesn't mean you're not going to feel anxiety. It doesn't mean you're, you're never going to feel negative emotion, but it's setting yourself up for a better outcome than previously. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I like the fact that, you know, for a lot of people, it's just trying to be proactive about it and like, what can I do to prevent it? Or I guess prevention kind of medicine, right. Type things. So yeah. You know, and do some of that stuff and and even if I start to feel it I've done some good things to kind of like balance that out a little bit to where maybe it's not as intense or it's not as bad because I have that good stuff that I've kind of built up to to help manage it even more so right yeah small wins the wins are like coping with anxiety that's a huge win yeah massive win (laughs) um our minds are like our biggest asset um and if our minds are safe and are like are protected and you're doing the things to, to keep them moving forward, then like we're in good shape. Yeah. That's like it. if I'm in quarantine for whatever, six weeks. And I mean, I've been, I mean, for me, I mean, it's, it's, it's good and bad because it's like, yes, I've still been working and stuff like that, which is, you know, helps kind of keep you focused. But then at the same time, you're still like, you're working and you're kind of dealing with everybody else's stuff um, about, you know, about whatever's going on, but then it's still a part of your life too. So that's the one thing I've noticed is just like, you know, the importance of self-care and, and things like that. Um, and when you talk about small wins, if I can go for a run today or if I can do something for myself, I mean, that's what I have to focus on. Or if, or even if it's like, hey, I didn't lose it today. <laughs> like that's a small Literally. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, if I didn't have a breakdown today, I didn't cry. Right. Like that's awesome. I didn't kill one of my kids today. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't rip my sister's hair out today. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. So just kind of taking that back and looking at what a win could be is and appreciating that that's, those are good. So well, I I appreciate those, those things. I think people will find those useful. So one, one last question I just have for you. So, you know, cause some of my audience may be hearing you for the first time and hopefully they'll appreciate and look, look for some of the things that you, you can offer them in a greater abundance, but what's something just, like a basic thing that you would share with people just in general about like whether it's they're dealing with anxiety or whatever it might be, just how would you coach them towards, you know, I guess acceptance or kind of being more in a place where they're okay with kind of reaching out for help or anything like that. I mean, what, what would something you share with somebody? Yeah. um, I would share that one, know that you're not alone. There are so many people feeling the emotions that you feel and to reach out, to like it doesn't need to be on a, a grand scale you don't need to reach you don't need to tell like your spouse you, you like the, exactly it if it doesn't feel right but reach out to one person um and it doesn't have to be your best friend your family member your spouse um it can be someone who's a little bit outside of that circle a coach a therapist a, a friend that's a little bit farther because sometimes it's easier to tell those people but sharing becomes easier over time and if you start with someone who's safe feel safe you're going to feel the pressure release off of you and you're going to you're going to open the door for yourself as well as other people to feel less alone um and i promise it helps like i i do i think like sharing is a massive part of what we do i'm sure it's a lot of what you do as well 
Um, so just know that you're not alone. And if you can share with one person today, it'll just take the, a little bit of pressure off of you and a, lot, a little bit less scariness off of what's going on and anxiety. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so then can you just tell people then for like w how they could see your stuff, like your website or whatever you got going mm -hmm. on, where they can, you know, reach those things? Yeah, so the toolbox where I have all of my stuff is um, at www.anxietysecretstoolbox.com. Um, and really the truth is a lot of what I'm doing is on my podcast, Get Out of Bed, Out of Your Head, as well as um, giving out just like resources and information and talking a lot about on my personal Facebook page. So it's A-Y-E-L-E-T. And my last name is Shipley, S-H-I-P-L-E-Y. Um, reach out to me if you if you need anything. If you want to just chat, if you feel like anything that my information could help you with or whatnot, um, I put all of it on my Facebook page just for everyone to see because we all need stuff right now. Right. And can you just say too, like you started a new Facebook group recently too, right? Yeah. So my Facebook group is called Thrive Beyond Anxiety. Um, and it's really to lift people up and to talk about what's going on and to share in a safe space without re-triggering all of the things that are going on. And I'm, I'm pretty careful to make sure that it's not re-triggering anyone and it's a safe place for everyone to open up so yeah Great. those are all awesome so one thing i'm going to share with you really quick because some people will obviously just hear the audio of this some people will see the video because i posted on youtube but if you'll notice in the in the corner there i've got the vegas therapist license plate sign i've got also the shut up, quit whining and keep hiking sign. Um, I always worry what people will think about that. Um, it's my own maybe insecurity because they, you know, they're coming in for therapy and they're seeing a sign to tell them to shut up and quit whining. Quit whining. <laughs> right. So I'm not telling people this, you know, to not express their feelings. That actually is like a family model. My wife's um, dad passed away about seven years ago and uh, it was a sudden, sudden death. And so at the funeral, um, somebody was sharing a story about he was a scout leader for many years and they were on this hike and it was raining and it was pouring and the kids were kind of whining and stuff. And so he just turned around and looked at them all and said, shut up, quit whining and keep hiking. So that, that's where that comes from. It's more of a family model thing. It's not an insult to people and their emotions. I love it. So it's, it's more of a good thing to kind of, Hey, we're going to go through difficult things. Sometimes we just got to push through them and just, you know, yeah. get side and and there's there's value in that so it's definitely not anything to do with people not expressing their <laughs> no i would assume as a therapist it's not but that is a good motto i love that you just gotta one step in front of the other sometimes as hard right. as it can be yeah and there, there can be a lot going on but sometimes you just gotta push through and that's kind of how it is right now sometimes I mean, we can get frustrated by everything that's going on and we can you know be frustrated about what politicians are doing or what the what, you know, but sometimes we're just gonna have to kind of get through it and hopefully we'll be better on the other side. And, uh, but I do want to say it's really been enjoyable talking to you. I said before in our pre, in our kind of pre thing that I feel like I could talk to you all day and talk about different things. Um, but I know we got things to do and I've got a session in 10 minutes that I got to get ready. <laughs> so, um, but it's really been great to talk to you. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for coming and, and being a part of this. And I, I think people will definitely get a lot out of this episode and hopefully they'll look for your stuff and be able to get more from you and, and, and just what, uh, what you're doing to help people. So. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thanks again. All right. I just want to thank Elliot Shipley for coming on and sharing so many wonderful things. She was a pleasure to have on. She's definitely wise beyond her years. So if you have not heard of her, go check her out on her podcast, get, 
out of bed and out of your head. Um, also her anxiety toolbox website or her Facebook page. Uh, definitely check out her information. She's got so much to offer. I uh, really appreciated having her on and talking to her. It's definitely a pleasure. So um, for those of you who have been listening to the podcast and have not had a chance to rate or review it on Apple, please do so. It's definitely appreciated. It's one way that it can get more listeners to the show and get them this great information that we're that I'm trying to provide for people. Um, I just wanted to close today's show by a quote that I came across, and I think it was very fitting for the things that we talked about today. Uh, the book is A Liberated Mind by Stephen Hayes, and he just says, A deeply empowering realization thunders in people's minds and hearts. Everyone has the same secrets, yet we become alone to our shame and self-judgment, not understanding that we're all on a similar journey. This is The Vegas Therapist, Ryan Winder, signing off. Until next time.